just start off tonight um, by telling you how much fun I've been having talking about everything that God's doing and just prophetically how he's moving now in 2013 and, and all of the promises that he's given us for this year. I'm so filled with hope. What about you? I mean, my heart is so alive with expectations of the goodness that he is pouring out. And so I'm so thankful, you know. I'm so thankful for what he did. I'm so thankful for what he's doing. And I am so thankful for what he's going to do. He's the God that was and is and is to come. And so my thankfulness is spanning all of that going, you're so good all the time. And so last week, you know how we did the skit? Wasn't that fun? Did y'all enjoy that? I know. (laughs) Matthew. Matthew's kind of in and out of a trance right now. It's really interesting. He just actually spoke in the middle of that, but his eyes are closed. Okay. It's kind of creepy, but whatever. (laughs) So really, we've been talking about these double doors of grace, right? That are open, that are available for us. And um, grace, grace, right? We've got a grace, grace baby here that's on the way. She's coming in a couple of weeks. And then we've got Hannah Grace. And let's really pray for Hannah Grace. Y'all agree with me as we pray for Allie Robert, Jacob Robert. Hannah is past due, and they're really wanting her to come. Hannah means grace, so it's a grace, grace baby. Ashley has Jane Grace, which is a grace, grace baby. So uh, let's just pray. Well, Father, we ask that you would come. Let's agree. Let's call that baby forward. Just call Hannah. Say, Hannah, come on. Come into the earth. It's your time. Break forth. Father, we just call her. We take, Hannah, we love you and we want you. Amen. The earth calling Hannah. So. We've really been talking about this and how to cross over into our promised land. Each one of you has a whole series of promises that God has made you. And so over the past three years, what the Lord showed me prophetically is that from the last three years, you can, you can book that date. You can write it down. Go back to your journals and say, what did he tell me three years ago? And ever since that time, because all of those promises, dust them off, because it's time to dream again. It's time to hope again, because he said that in this year, those dreams are going to begin to open up and come to pass. Amen. So it's going to be a great year, but it's going to be also a terrible year. So it's going to be a great and terrible year. So, I mean, as things begin to shake, what happens is that is it causes the oil in the suns to begin to spill out. And then heaven does what? It, thro- it throws down lightning onto that oil, and all of a sudden you've got an inferno, which is really a lot of fun, right? That's you, the inferno. His ministers are to be flames of fire. So really what's happening, I believe, is that the veil of self-consciousness is being torn. That veil that keeps me staring at myself when I'm supposed to be loving other people. But that veil is being torn as we cross over into 2013. And, it's, and throughout the year, you're going to see that it's, it's thinner and thinner. And what that does is when the veil is thin, 
you are incredibly bold with what you're carrying. There's no fear of man. There's no self-awareness. All you can see is what Jesus is showing you in the person that's standing before you. And that comes, really, this grace is going to come with an incredible amount of joy. And what Jeremy was talking about is 100% right. This house actually has a gift of fun and a gift and anointing for joy. Because drunk people aren't afraid to say what's in their hearts. And I'm not talking, I mean, uh, we all know, well, okay, I know that. Because, you know, I was unsaved at one point and, you know, whatever. And so I would say a lot of really inappropriate things, right? But when you're drunk in the spirit, it's the very same thing. You are, you're just saying stuff and you're, you're, I mean, we were so drunk in the spirit one night and I made the mistake of going out to a restaurant afterwards and ended up singing Hotel California to the whole restaurant out of my knife mic. And I ended up meeting um, someone who ended up coming to the house of prayer, surprisingly. They actually came here. He said, and so he's saying to me, what, what do you do? And I went, I'm a pastor. <laughs> he's like, where? <laughs> but I mean, you know, so... We had an opportunity, the whole team that was with us, we had an opportunity to prophesy to him accurately, words of knowledge, accurately. Well, so he shows up here that next Sunday. And we're like, wow, that worked. (laughs) So weird. So I wanted to share tonight with you another testimony because we've really been talking about the words that we speak. And as this veil is, is becomes thin, this veil of self-awareness, what's supposed to come out of our mouths are words of the Holy Spirit, right? And so we're supposed to line up our mouth with the truth of what's going on in heaven. And as authority is being given to us, greater grace is being given to us, which means greater authority is being like poured down on your words. Therefore, the words that you speak, those words are going to go out and achieve and accomplish what the Lord intended for them. So if we're actually speaking things that are the opposite, authority is authority. So this year, I'm telling you, it is time to cross over. And if you do not bind your tongue with your opinions, you know, Jesus never had an opinion, right? He didn't go around saying, well, I think blah, blah, blah. No, he said, this is the word of the Father. I only say what I hear my Father saying. So we really have to get in prayer over this and say, God, Bridle me. Bridle me this year. Make sure that my mouth is in alignment with heaven and what it is that you're saying. Because first of all, I don't want to thwart the destiny and the calling that you want to bring and the dreams you want to fulfill this year. Second of all, I want to get behind and I want to partner with you to begin to bring the kingdom into the earth. Because it's my time, it's my hour, it's my year. And the third thing, 
God, give me everything that I need to slay the, the giants in the land that you have me taking. And so we got to grow up and quit thinking like the children of Israel thought when they were in the land in the wilderness where they thought everything was going to be handed to them. It was like, oh, time to go into the promised land. All right, this is going to be awesome. Whoa, wait a minute. There's giants in the promised land. What's up with that? I thought you were supposed to give this to me. And he's like, yeah, I'm giving it to you. Go, go take it. You got to take it. They didn't even know who they were. They didn't know the authority that they walked in. So therefore, they drew back in fear. So the first giant, which is a spirit of fear, came against them and said, Oh, no, those giants are too big for you. You can't take that promised land. Who do you think you are? You're going to get killed in there. God's not, God's, God's not telling you the truth. God is a liar, right? We all played this skit out last week. Then shame came in lust, all of these enemies come in the minute that you start to cross over. And what you have to do is you have to take your sanctified tongue and you have to say in the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, that you have called me to have a sound mind. Thank you, Father, that you have called me, that you have actually given me that sound mind. Thank you that you have given me love and power. So you begin to come in the opposite word, just as Jesus did when he went into the wilderness. He was not afraid of the giant Satan who met him in that place. But what did he do? He he cut the head off that snake with the word of God that was coming forth out of him. So, this week... Um, I had an encounter uh, with a person that was so cool, and I wanted to tell you about it because I think there's so much there, and the Lord began to talk to me about it. So I'm going to share this testimony, and then we'll go into what I feel like the Lord is saying for us. So um, yesterday, I got my hair done. I went to the, yeah, I went to the hair salon. And um, in fact, Jason Hooper sent me an email And he was like, hey, I have a word for the house. I want to talk to you about it. Let's Skype, whatever. What are you doing tomorrow? You know, and he gives me this whole long list of really cool, prophetic, religious stuff that he's doing. And I'm like, I'm going to get my hair done. (laughs) Maybe I'll preach the gospel to the person that I'm, so so I'll try to keep up with you. But I said, you know, in Texas, this is really important. We got to have the hair going on because actually my anointing is in this, you know, it's the Marge Simpson anointing. So anyway, what I was doing is I was basically prophesying. So I get to the hair salon and I'm, and I'm, and, and I don't know how many of you ladies know this, but you know, they break it up these days. Color doesn't do cut and cut doesn't do color. You're like, what? I'm just spending so much money. Cut and color, honey, whatever. So, um, my farmer husband so I go and I'm getting my hair. Uh, I'm getting my hair cut, and the gal, uh, she's new ager, and um, I've been going to her. I think about um, three years, and I just love her, love her. She's from South Africa, actually. She from okay. Anyway, she's got a wonderful accent. She's just darling. Anyway, so she's living with this guy. She's living with her boyfriend, and um, so you know we're talking, and she said, "Oh, I'm pregnant." And I said, oh, my God, that's amazing. You're pregnant. I'm so happy. 
you know, and, I went, and so we started talking, she started telling me about the baby, and that, you know, she'd had a little um, problem, you know, during the first trimester, but she's already in her fourth month, and she's so excited about it, and so she began to tell me all about how excited she was, and I was so excited for her, I'm like, a baby, so I start telling her, she starts talking to me about the baby, and I start sharing with her about the kingdom. And I I start telling her about how the kingdom works and how the father works with our, how he gives us children and that they're created in our image, right? Our babies, what do you say the first time you see a newborn baby? What do you say to the mother? He looks just like you, or she looks just like dad, or whatever. So you've got, an, he's, that baby is an image bearer of the parents. And so I begin to tell her how that's a reflection, and the father gave us that because he wants us to understand how he has made us. And so everything that God does, he thinks about it beforehand, <laughs> don't you know? And, and, so, and so I begin to tell her about the dynamics of family and family structure, and then I begin to tell her about the seed and how a child is a seed and how this seed is going to be multiplied in the earth and that her inheritance, you know, generationally. And so I'm telling her all this stuff, and she's cutting my hair. And she's looking at me, and I'm like, no, focus on my head. (laughs) So she's cutting my hair, and she's just like, whoa, whoa. And so while we were talking, um, um, she said a couple of times, a couple of negative things about herself, and she repeated it. And it was hanging out there. The phrase was hanging out there, and it was about her ability to read. And... um, So she said it twice, and it was just hanging out there, and it was sitting in the middle of the air. And I saw it, and I thought, okay, uh, you want me to address that? Okay. So um, she finishes, you know, uh, we finish our conversation, and um, I said to her, you know, um, Kirsten, I want to just share with you something from a mother's heart. Now, I didn't get into a lot of religious speak or words with her. But I met her where she was. And so I said to her, you know, when you say those things about yourself, you're actually cursing yourself. And those things that you're saying are actually what you're going to become. And But here's what the truth is. And then I began to prophesy to her. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit falls on both of us. And she's crying and I'm crying. And so there was an encounter that was happening there that was just phenomenal. And she, she said to me, your words are so wise. And I feel like I could eat them. <laughs> and I thought, okay, you just basically quoted scripture. And, and um So she gave me this long embrace, and she, you know, she's, I don't know if all South African people are this way, but she's not very, um, I wouldn't say she's real touchy, you know, she didn't, you know, I mean, I'm hugging everybody, but anyway, so she starts hugging me, and she just said, I love you, Tracy. Now, I mean, that's, this is three years, but, so I, I was going home, And now I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit didn't say, all right, I want you to preach the gospel to her. I did preach the gospel to her. She already knows who I am. 
She already knows what I'm about because I share my life with her every time I'm in there. But she just had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. She just had an encounter, and I was going home, and I said, what was that about? And he said, she encountered the words of life. Turn in your Bibles to John 6. So the Holy Spirit started telling me about this place in him. So John 6, we just took communion, and Jesus feeds the 5,000, right? The next day, he still has this massive crowd of people following him. And the time that Jesus was on the earth, I want you to know that most of what he did was heal the sick, cast out demons, heal the brokenhearted. It's Luke 4.18, but what else did he do? He talked to people about the issues of their life, and he told them about the kingdom. So he shared with them all of the wisdom and the revelation that he was called to bring because he was called to preach the message of the kingdom, right? And so when he came, he became the very first thing that he said when he started his ministry was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, so uh, go to, um, where do I want to start this? Okay. Let's start here where he, in in verse 41, okay, he's rejected by his own. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell the story. So he tells the whole crowd of people about the fact that they have to eat his body and they have to drink his blood. Now, he knows what he's doing. He's preaching a message and he's sharing a message of life, but he knew that it was going to be a hard message. So he's, what is he doing? He's offending the mind to test the heart. And so what Peter's response to that later in verse um, 60, he says this, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? And so they're saying the words that you are speaking are difficult. I I don't understand it. How many of you have gone through phases in your life where stuff is happening and you're like, wait, you said this, I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense. How many of you have done that? I remember Bill Johnson saying one time, if you want the peace that surpasses understanding, you have to give up your right to understand. And so what they were doing here is they were actually giving up that right. When he said this, Jesus is going through and he's talking to them about what just happened. And the point that I'm trying to make here is when Jesus says in verse 67, when all of the disciples, and he called them disciples, thousands of them left. And he's standing there with the 12. And he says to them, do you want to go? As well, do you want to leave? And Peter says this, where will I go? For you have the words of life. See, he wasn't really concerned like we would be 
we would be thinking to ourselves, oh my gosh, the church just split, everybody left. Can you imagine what he must have been? I mean, if I were him, I would be thinking, okay, how am I going to start my church without all these people? How am I going to take the city without all these people? Because we think in numbers, but he thinks in hearts. So he's like, whose hearts have heard the words of life from me, and they are all in on this deal. Because I got to have unity with my disciples, and we've all got to be in agreement if this thing's going to happen, right? So what was happening to me in that salon is that the words of life were flowing out of me. And she was actually recognizing this. She was actually hearing it, and she was saying back to me, these are words of wisdom, and we have to understand the merit and the value of the words of life are as valuable as me healing her legs, as me prophesying to her. Wisdom. Wisdom built David's temple. It says in Proverbs 97 that it was wisdom that built the house. Hold on. Psalm? No. I may have forgotten to save it. Anyway, it's wisdom that built the house. It was wisdom that the, the elders of the city who were considered to be the wise of the city, where did they stay? They sat at the gates of the city. It wasn't the foolish that went to the gates of the city, but it was those and what happened in that moment was that the gate of heaven opened up over us. So I had cultivated a life in God, and she actually just came and drank from the oil and the water and the bread of heaven that I had cultivated. Why? Do you think I was giving her revelation based on my own understanding? No, I was giving her revelation that I had been fed from his hand. And he's like, here's some hot bread. Boom. The next day, here's some more. Here's some more. Now, these are building blocks. Every day, every day, every day, I'm pouring out not a stale word, not a word. Let's turn to James and do a study on James. I'm talking about Jesus Christ that comes flying up out of the Bible and jumps into me and the fullness of that revelation out of that word then came out of me and leapt into this girl. This is the first and second commandment. I went and did the first so that I could give her the second. I went because she's not going to do the first. She's not going to go to prayer. She's not going to go to him 
And so I had an opportunity because I was called to do the first, do the first things first, mono e mono, right? Me and God doing the thing. I'm getting fed. I'm getting fed. I'm getting the drink. I'm getting the wine. I'm getting the bread. You know, I'm getting fat. So many carbs. Come on. <laughs> so I am, I, you know, and then we rejoice in the fatness of his house. Yeah. Come on. Come on. So I'm there, all right? I'm this vessel that's been filled with oil, and I've allowed myself through the years. And listen, guys, I'm preaching out of a testimony. So I don't want, I'm not here to say, well, I got it all together, because I don't. I stumble into this stuff just like you do. But I prophesied in an email to Jason that I was going to preach the gospel. And that's exactly what I did. She had an encounter with Jesus through my life. So, so here's what it looks like. Okay, you get saved, right? And you're in this, you're in this um, unsanctified place. So your heart and the interior part of you looks like this. And that as you begin to pray, as you begin to chase after God, your heart opens, opens, opens all of that, the strongholds and the demons and the heartache and the bitterness and everything begins to fly out of you. And, and that's, what he, that's what he meant, Isaiah, when he was talking about extending your tent pegs in Isaiah 54. He was like, I'm expanding this place within you so that more of me can be poured out into you. Therefore, everywhere you go, what are you going to do? You're full. The fullness of my house. Come on. So you're so full and you're splashing. I'm splashing everywhere I go. And what happens now that that all of this has been expanded in me, the interior, the inner man within me is, is coming alive, like fully alive. And everything that comes out of me is, is, is even though I'm just visiting and I'm just talking, Jesus, 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 right? And so all he has to do is he goes, oh, look, it's oil. <laughs> Let's throw a match on that. And the two of them are like, I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> right? Come on. My ministers will be flames of fire. All right, where am I? Oh, these are the works. These are the works that we do. Hold on. Where am I going with this? This is the works of God. So turn in your Bible to John 6. You're already there. 6. Um, 28. So then the disciples asked him, What shall we do that we shall work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore, they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? Or work will you do? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Remember in John 1, he said, listen, 
this is who Jesus is. Jesus is the word who was in the beginning. And he was the one that created all that you see. So he created the earth. Jesus did. Jesus is the word. So he went flying out of the father's mouth to create everything that you see. So when you're talking and you're giving words of life to people, what you're doing is you're saying, hey, I know that this is what your situation is. Now, you notice I didn't say to her, well, you know, it's, you should really get married. And you shouldn't have a baby out of wedlock. And the Bible says, I didn't have to say that. Because what happened is that love and the words of love encountered her which went in and changed her very DNA. Because we have to have the confidence in Christ in us as he makes his appearance on the scene and people are transformed. Jesus never said, stop doing what you're doing so that you can follow me. He said, follow me. And, and he said it and they were like, oh my gosh, you accept me as I am. You love me as I am. I love you how you love me. And you speak words of life to me that help me with the conditions of my heart and the situations of my life. You're bringing the answers that I have longed here. Beloved, you are the wisdom. You are the understanding. You are the counsel. You are the might. You are the places that they have longed to go to and the, and the voice that they have longed to hear. It's all coming up out of you like a spring. You're the well. You're the living house of prayer. You're the mobile house of prayer. You're the one that goes and comes and moves and flows with the Holy Spirit. So when you go to those places, you don't have to come up with a five-point plan. Of, okay, let's see, how am I going to preach the gospel? No, I've been there. I did that. It didn't work. And it just made me scared, and it made that person, like, run. I was like, come back. Jesus is Lord. You know? I'm like, God, forgive me for those first few years. <laughs> you know, my, um, I remember hearing from someone who wasn't saved that they felt judged whenever they were around me. And I thought to myself at the time, well, it's just the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You're just convicted because, you know. No, I was judging them. <laughs> I mean, they're not stupid. They know. But when you have a thankful heart and you're thanking the Lord for everything that people are, not everything that they aren't. <laughs> yeah, just give everybody some of that joy, Lord. And if we just be more like this... You know, people are like, we love those people. They're always having such a good time. But seriously, 
Jesus said, look, I didn't come to judge you. You're coming into a time where you're not even going to see sin. You're not even going to see it because it, it, you, you, you don't need to. All you need to see is see what he sees. Right? That is what changes them. Those are the words of life. You know, I'll tell you one more testimony and then we'll, we'll close. You know, for the longest time, um, I had a real hard time with my dad, my relationship with my father. He was a bit of a scoundrel, still is. <laughs> and um, I was so focused on all of the things that he did wrong. And really, over these past few weeks, I have had a complete change of heart towards my dad. And I've really, the whole, this whole um, message of thankfulness has really changed my heart. And it's allowed me permission. It's like I gave myself permission to look at my dad in a completely different way. And it let me look at all of the things that he did right. Because he did a lot of really good stuff. And if I just stay in that place and love him in that place, then it frees me to have a relationship with him so that I can give him the words of life. Right? Because when we're thankful for everything that God is doing, and we're the people where the glass is half full, then we can begin to transform whole cities. Yeah. Thank you, baby. So, Jared, you want to come up? We prayed for this for a long time, yeah. for breakthrough with their father. Yeah. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers, Lord, and that yeah. you're the father of breakthrough. Lord, there's so many that have strained relationships with their families here, Lord. Yeah. Now, I just thank you for Tracy. I thank you that you changed her heart, Lord. It's unusual the way you did this. Lord, we've been asking for you to come like a lightning bolt and change him and Get him saved in a moment, Lord. What if you brought his daughter to save him through her love, Lord? Lord, we're believing for that today as one people, as one heart, Lord. We, we're coming today. We're saying, Verdell Mater, you yes. will come into the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Verdell Mater, you will come into the kingdom. Through yeah. the love of your daughter, you just will come out. into the kingdom. Yeah, just call Lord, out. Lord, we just ask, just we'll put your up, name up, in there in that blank. Yeah. Put your name in that blank, whoever it is you're calling for. Verdell Mater, come into the kingdom, Lord. We ask you right now. Yeah, just whoever it is that you're believing for, that you're so close to, that doesn't know the Lord, that you carried an offense in your heart where you, you've, you've allowed bitterness to well up so that you can no longer be that word of life to them. You're the person. Who else other than you can go get them? 
You're the one that carries the oil. You're the one that carries the light. We're the ones that carry the fire. Father, I pray that you would make us people of wisdom. Release your wisdom, your counsel, your might, the revelation of your son. Open our ears so that we can hear the voice, the voice of our father. Help us to see what you see and to say what you say. Release it today, God. Release it today. I just say grace, grace. I declare grace, grace over us. Authority in our words. Authority in our words. Authority in our words. Authority in our words. Release the declarations. Release the conversations. Release the holy flow of revelation of your son out of our bellies. Release the words of life. Where else could I go? I'd like for all of you right now, I want you to, if you have a loved one that you are not in relationship with, I want you to pray right now and I want you to ask the Lord to begin to show you everything that your father or your mother did right. Everything that you can find to be thankful over. Every relationship that is strained. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is it? That you want me to begin to thank you for in this person. If you need prayer about this, I want you to come up front.